0: Hey guys, uh, welcome back. We're recording the Hardware Podcast again. And uh, we thought we'd veer to what we kind of normally do since the college football awards just hit. We found out Devontae Smith is a deserved Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, We're going to go ahead and go through a few days after this bowl season and go into our all-bowl team. So we're going to do it draft style. Uh, I'm going to be picking first team, Omar second team. And then, uh, yeah, we're just going to go through position by position and kind of go through uh, what our picks are. And if you're a Group of Five fan, you are in luck because this is loaded with a lot of Group of Five today from both of us for a first. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get this started.
1: Yeah, like a brief note, um, I mean, on Jackson's point with the Group of Five, when you think about it, a lot of these bowls were Group of Five teams playing these bowl games. There's only like 25 or so this year. And a lot of the opt-outs were power five teams. But as I was talking to um, a friend of mine uh, at the Academy, uh, his pit, his pit Panthers did not go to a bowl. They opted out. And I said, you know what, just thinking about it, like these bowls, it was good. This is a good bowl season for the group of five because those TV slots, they, they ate them up. Um, and a lot I mean, a lot of these bowls should be grateful to the group of five for, um, you know, just being willing to play, being willing to take some TV slots. And uh, as always as has been the case this whole year, you know, we should be grateful to the players for, uh you know, really risking their health in a time like this, um, and that was even more evident in bowl season. But before, but I'm going to get off my uh, my stoop and we'll pick these bowl teams. And Jackson's got the first pick. We're going to pick a by like a, by position going down. So we'll start off with quarterbacks and going downward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quarterbacks. Uh, so I guess with the first overall pick in this 2021 draft, to quote Roger Goodell, I'm going to go ahead and go with a guy who. You, are disappointed, I'm taking uh, Carson Strong out of Nevada. 22 of 28, 271 yards, five touchdowns, 138 38 to 27 in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl uh, versus Tulane. Might've gotten a hand on some of those French fries they substitute for the Gatorade at the end too.
1: Yeah, Carson Strong, um, I really like Jay Nor- Norvell's system. Um, out of Nevada, they like to sling the ball a lot. It's a change of pace from, uh, you know, the Colin Kaepernick days running the pistol, where they had guys from the read option uh, out of the pistol. And Carson Strong—that's who I had. I thought you were going to go with uh, someone else, Jackson. I was quite surprised. Um, possibly Malik Willis. I think my picks going to surprise you even more. Uh, at quarterback, I want to pick Drew Plitt out of Ball State, and uh, wow, I'm gonna get attacked. I'm going to get attacked for this. But so before I do, I'm going to pull my notes. Uh, Plitt had—he didn't have a. You have an an amazing game, like uh, Carson Carson Stronger. Arguably, if you look at the stats, but I mean, it goes beyond that. He went 12 and 19 in an efficient 12 and 19 for 217 yards and a touchdown. Ran for a touchdown. Only had 11 rushing yards and 10 carries, but he was sacked four times. You look at his non sack rushing, non sack rushes. Excuse me. He had seven carries for 43 yards at six yards a clip. And but the reason I picked him is late in the fourth quarter, up three scores. From uh, Ball State, from a, San Jose State 37, Drew Plitt unleashed a 35-yard punt down to the two-yard line. And I thought, you know what, that's that's different and pretty much sealed. Arguably it was sealed before as Ball State took a 27 nothing lead uh, in the first quarter. But that sealed Ball State's first ever bowl win. So I'm going to go Drew Plitt as my, uh, for, as my second team uh, all-bowl quarterback.
0: Okay. Okay. I can respect it. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's a valid reason. That's the biggest win in program history for Ball State. So yeah, you know, I'll I'll take it. We're going to go for hours at this rate, but I'm just going to say my backup in case you had the first pick was Casey Thompson out of Texas. Eight out of 10, 170 yards, four touchdowns came in for the injured Sam Ellinger. I promise we won't be doing this. Well, my backup pick would be, but I just, I had to throw that in there. You're going with someone out of the ordinary. I thought Casey Thompson might be out there too. So yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to running backs though. Um, I, I think we both know who I'm going to take first overall. Cameron Peoples out of Appalachian State. 22 carries, 317 yards, five touchdowns, and a huge blowout victory in the Myrtle Beach Bowl over North Texas.
1: Yeah, rumor has it that uh, out there in Conway, South Carolina, Cameron Peoples is still running. It seemed like every time you looked, he was <laughs> a big run in that bowl game. It was quite something else. Uh, and, you know, they've uh, they've had some great running backs there uh, at App State, uh, like like uh, Darrington Evans last year. I'm not sure if he went to the league, but he was a good back last year for the Mountaineers. For uh, my first team running back, I'm going to go the power five route, surprisingly. I'm going to go with Bijan Robinson, who was an absolute uh, nice. elation in uh, the Alamo Bowl. A guy who had 18 yards of carry on 183 rushing yards and a blowout went over Colorado. It was supposed to be Sam Ellinger's um, swan song, as Jackson mentioned before, but Casey Thompson took over, but got to go with B. John Robinson for our first team.
0: Okay, you know, I, I respect that. I love you giving the power five a little bit of love on this podcast finally. Uh, yeah, that, that's an awesome pick. I'm going to go with the guy kind of similar reasons for you that you picked uh, the Ball State quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and go with Trey Sermon out of Ohio State. Only had one touchdown. If you watch the game, he was the reason Ohio State won that game. 31 carries, 193 yards. Again, only one touchdown. Uh, but, man, he really carried that Ohio State team, especially once Justin Fields had gone down. And, you know, uh, inside the 20s, maybe he didn't get all the love, but inside the 20s, he was he was killing it.
1: Yeah, Trey Sermon had an absolute legendary end of uh, 2020, uh, you know, with a Big Ten title game, breaking Eddie George's longstanding school record. And then in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl, totally respect that pick with Trey, Trey Sermon. I mean, it doesn't seem – Seems so long ago. He was on Oklahoma, honestly.
0: You know, and and I mean, he's going to be obviously on this prestigious All-Bowl team that we're making up, but he's also going to be up for an Oscar, I hear, for that performance after <laughs> uh, faking being not being down. And, you know, he's still running to the end zone down there, and the has <laughs> super dumb. He really sold that when it was, it was obviously down. So yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I can top that one with Trey Sermon, but uh, I'm going to go with a bit on the gritty route for my running back. I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Marks Jr. from Buffalo, and this is a guy, or in the words, here's a guy that was overshadowed throughout the year uh, by Jarrett Patterson, who we've talked about before, who should have gotten Heisman votes, but people forget that Kevin Marks averaged 100 yards per game rushing the regular season and the MAC title game at over 600 yards in six games. I uh, mean, he'd be a uh, you know, a really great tailback on any other squad in the country, you know, with his line share of carries. But in a greedy performance on Christmas Day, the first Christmas Day bowl game since 2000, I think five or three or four or three. But uh, in the Camellia Bowl, he had 35 carries, 138 yards and one touchdown and uh, really shouldered the load when Jarrett Patterson didn't play. And, you know, del- delivered a nice Christmas gift to the Buffalo Bulls.
0: Yeah, man, that's hey, I'll, uh, that's a great pick. I'm really surprised you're not going with Tyre Tyler out of Army with that three touchdown performance. But uh, yeah, I mean that both are would be awesome picks. So we'll go ahead and move on to wide receivers, our next skill position. Uh, I mean, this is this is just a slam dunk pick. This is like uh, this is like picking. Uh, yeah, this is easy. Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner out of Alabama, seven receptions, 130 yards, three touchdowns. You know, it looked like that kid that got uh, moved back a grade in elementary school. And then he hit his growth spurt in the second time around sixth grade. And he was just running all over that Notre Dame defense that might as well have been school children. So.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even, even I would have picked Devontae Smith. Um, that's a, on the first-team ball team, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, a little, little uh, comment about Tyree Tyler. Uh, I thought he's. I mean, he played quarterback in the Liberty Bowl, so I, I know he hasn't thrown much, but that's why, I mean, it's sort of like the – you know, didn't really choose him for a, a running back because, I mean, frankly, he started the game at quarterback.
0: Well, I labeled that wrong, so that is on my end. So <laughs> – and watching the – Pretty well. So that's that's on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's all good. I just want to make sure I tell you guys do as a you know as a good as a good starting quarterback. But uh, for wide receiver, I'm gonna go a uh, little Hawaii five zero action with uh, Calvin Turner. And Calvin Turner has been one of the best stories I think in college football all year. Under the radar, definitely being at Hawaii. But here's a guy that was a former uh, quarterback for Jacksonville in their triple option offense in the Pioneer Football League, non scholarship FCS conference. And he comes into Hawaii and does everything this year. He runs wildcat, throws passes, uh, runs the ball, returns kicks, and that was no different in the New Mexico Bowl at Frisco this year on Christmas Eve, as he had 12 carries for 60 yards, a 75-yard touchdown catch for, and uh, four catches for 88 yards, and he also returned a kick for a touchdown. Uh, Simply did it all for the for the Warriors, and I honestly, I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I think uh, if Calvin, if you don't have Calvin Turner as a uh, Horning Award uh, candidate, maybe even a Heisman candidate with all that he does for Hawaii, then, uh, you know, better put him on your list now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's an, that's an awesome pick. And, uh, you know, he, he balled out in that performance for sure. Um, you know, I'm going to go with a guy uh, for my second wide receiver on the first team with a guy who really had just a, a awesome game, really breakout game. He hadn't made that much of a difference all year, if I remember correctly. Brennan Presley, the Oklahoma State uh, wide receiver, and the win in the Cheez It Bowl down there in Orlando, Florida. Six receptions, 118 yards, and three touchdowns. Not that different from Devonta Smith himself. Uh, but he really had a breakout game. And man, if you, were, if you remember watching that Cheez It Bowl, it felt like they were going to win 100 to nothing in the first quarter. It was just utter domination. Bernard Presley
1: played a large part in that. Yeah, I mean, you took my guy Jackson, and before the season or before that bowl game, he only had one catch all year. So, I mean, truly like an amazing performance. I'm going to go with a unique pick here, show some love to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, even though they lost the Dukes Mayo Bowl. But uh, Jaquari, Jaquari Roberson, hopefully you pronounced it right, Jacari Roberson, uh, had eight catches, 131 yards, and three touchdowns, something that was overlooked by Sam Harmon's four picks. Uh, you know, it's kind, of, it kind of hard to watch Sam Harbin throw those interceptions, uh, usually a great quarterback for a week. But, uh, you know, good performance by, by Roberson earns his slot on the second team for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was, I, you know, I even considered taking Robertson first overall if they had actually won the game. Uh, but, you know, losing that Dukes-Mayo Bowl doesn't quite put the cap on it that you would hope. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on to tight ends. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Isaac Rex out of BYU, five receptions, almost hundred yards, four yards short of that, uh, and two touchdowns out there. You know, he had an awesome game and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give the independents a little love.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like that pick. I thought you would have gone with John Rain for, uh, Northwestern who had a great game in the Citrus Bowl with, uh, six catches, 76 yards and a touchdown, um, are you taking Cole Turner? Because I, I think I might still take Rain if you're not. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the, the funny thing with Rain is he always seems to perform in bowl games that um, are on ABC because last year in the Boca tone Bowl, he had like 70-plus receiving yards on seven catches against SMU in an upside win. But I'm going with a unique pick here again, and I'm probably going to get roasted for this, but I'm going to go with for my tight end for Hawaii, Jonah Laulu.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, he, he, he was a 6'6", 280 unit. Uh, on the D line all year, and they tell him you got to play tight end. So this man, he, uh, put, he has two catches for four yards, including a touchdown and a shovel pass. Uh, not your typical like tight end eligible play where the guys like you know open in the end zone and he's got to loft the ball. Like this actually took like a good amount of skill, like navigating through the line, especially as a big guy. You know you, you can't really sneak behind your block as you're six six 280. So uh, for his stand, I mean for his perform for his versatile performance, I'm giving uh, Jonah Lau-Ulu, my, my pick is tight end.
0: Yeah, a little J.J. Watt action there, moving from the D-line to tight end for a minute. Uh, that's, that's awesome. You know, I'm going to go with the guy that you said I was going to take, John Rain, uh, Northwestern, a six receptions, 76 yards, a touchdown. Although Cole Turner does have one more touchdown, just felt like he had a better per- – Rain had a better performance uh, overall. With the exception of that one stat and that 35-19 win in the Citrus Bowl.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, is that is that your second tight end? I, I'm sorry, this is embarrassing. I thought I thought it was just like one tight end we're choosing. So I had Laulu banked on, on just him, but are we, are we choosing two tight ends or I thought it was two tight ends. I, oh I, shoot. Well, uh, yeah. I, I guess uh I guess I'll, I'll have to co-take John Rain there. <laughs> um and- <laughs> Like team there, um, you know why not? I'll give you the pick and I'll take Cole Turner. So okay, I give- fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, sorry about that. That's that's on me. I was unprepared. <laughs> I got to update on my on my All America formats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I could be the one wrong there, but we'll we'll go ahead and forget that whole scenario and go ahead and move on to the offensive line. Uh, you know, as much as I love giving the group of five love on this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ohio State offensive line, protecting Justin Fields, allowing him to be just a weapon that still won that game, outplaying Trevor Lawrence despite having like 15 cracked ribs, it seemed like. <laughs> uh, you know, they protected Justin Fields, allowed him to still be a weapon, allowed Chris Alive to, to still, uh, and Trey Sermon to do their stuff. I, I got to give props to that offensive line that frankly didn't need to play well during the regular season, but they really showed out in the Sugar Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Like, uh, definitely, like a dominating performance against Clemson. Uh, you know, so I mean, I commend that pick right there. For me, it was tough because I wanted to pick a uh, Georgia Southern's O line. Uh, you know, especially after the guitar play, they had their, they had their big guy playing the guitar in, the, in uh, the Superdome. But I'm gonna have to go with the Kentucky offensive line. And that, I think, was one of the more dominant performances of the bowl season in the game that probably not many people saw because I think uh, I was locked in, frankly, on on the Outback Bowl, Indiana versus Ole Miss uh, on January 2nd. But, you know, watching the game after the the fact, watching the Gator Bowl after the fact, uh, Kentucky really dominated, no sacks allowed. The run game was uh, 47 carries for 288 yards. And they they just dominate. They dominated and allowed a Asim rose to have uh, 140 yards and 12 carries. Um, I mean, their power back, Chris Rodriguez, had a good game. So I got to give it to the Kentucky O-line, who dealt with the death of their O-line coach, John Schlarman, um, earlier in the year, and just showed out for him. It was, it was really good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great pick. Um, they, If I remember right, it was a come like, from behind as well. Uh, so great job by Kentucky and that offensive line right there and, and, you know, not even playing with the quarterback earlier. <laughs> so to, to protect them pretty well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. And do you want to do defensive ends or defensive tackles first? It's up to you, brother. Okay, cool. Well, I'll go ahead and, and start with defensive ends. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Max Michelle out of Buffalo. Six tackles. Uh one sack and half a tackle for loss out there in that uh, Camellia Bowl win. Uh, did, a, did a great job and the, got pressure, excellent penetration from the edge.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a great pick. Um, he definitely dominated a, a martial offense that had shown flashes of brilliance early in the year, not so much later on. I think for my defensive end, as much as it pains me to say, uh, to pick this guy, I'm going to have to go with Dante Stills because he absolutely bottled him in that, pretty much like it was a team after I had to pick one guy, but uh, that West Virginia defensive line bottled up Army's fullbacks. And it was, it was just hard to watch for me, just not knowing how dominant Army's fullbacks usually were. But the army rushing game was held at bay uh, against West Virginia in a really closely contested Liberty Bowl. Uh, the, their offense had pulling it up right now I wasn't so prepared but they had 50 59 carries for 182 yards that's 3.1 yards a carry and even though army was missing a star fullback uh, jacoby buchanan who won the lowman on uh on pft and big cats uh, podcast the fullbacks combined for added up right now 21 carries for 53 yards uh really just uh, not a not usual performance and a lot of that's owed to dante stills west virginia
0: yeah, absolutely. That's a great pick. has played excellent and, uh, you know, got a little pressure on there for sure. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Tristan Nichols at Nevada. Four tackles, two sacks. Uh, ha- had a great game. It, it, to get anything above a sack, frankly, in a bowl game, you know, you, you've made a weapon of yourself, especially when it's not coming off of a linebacker blitz. Something like that. We had a couple guys like Pritchard out of Hawaii that that had more than one sack at the linebacker position. But when you're bringing that pressure, bringing four, that's a great job. And and hats off to Nichols for doing that with Nevada.
1: Yeah, uh, Nichols at DN. Am I? Uh, is that, is that correct, Jackson?
0: Yep, that's what that's what I that's what I have at least. Is he a tackle?
1: No, no I was I was just wondering so I know who, who I should pick. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: I was taking, taking a mix. So for my D end, I'm going to go with Alfred Collins of Texas, who, uh, had five tackles and one insane interception. Uh, I think it was one handed. It was like a, a really acrobatic leaping pick for uh, the 300 pounder and, uh, really kind of summed up the night for, uh, Texas on defense. So I got to go Alfred Collins, uh, showing some athleticism at the defensive end position.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great pick. For my, uh, for my first defensive tackle, uh, continuing on that defensive line, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, it'd be hard to not pick Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Uh, five tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss. Uh, excellent internal penetration against, uh, frankly, what was an excellent Notre Dame uh, offensive line all year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, if someone uh, grows uh, defensive tackles, it's got to be Bama, you know, whether it be a Quentin, Quentin Williams. I think I think he was a, he's a D-tackle, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now with the New York Jets. Yeah. Jeez,
1: I muted myself. So dumb. But going way back, Marcel Darius, uh, you know, another big guy, Terrence Cody, guys like that. You know, if anyone breeds uh, defensive tackles, it's Bama. I'm going to go for my de- first defensive tackle, excuse me, I'm going with uh, C.J. Brewer, who uh, had two TFLs in uh, the loss in, uh, against, in the Cure Bowl against uh, Liberty. So very very uh, good performance by the defensive tackle there for the Chanticleers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great pick. Frankly, I'm surprised that the guy I'm picking was still on the board. John Matthews from Hawaii, five tackles, one tackle for loss. Uh, great performance internally, again, from that uh, 2014 New Mexico Bowl win.
1: Yeah, rounding out my picks, uh, this wasn't the result that Hilltopper fans would have wanted in the Lending Tree Bowl, but I want to pick uh, Darius Shipp as my second defensive tackle, a guy who had uh, four tackles, one sack, and two TFLs and lost for Western Kentucky. And, you know, it was heartbreaking for us because Tyrell Pigrome threw his first two interceptions of the season, and was not able to become the first quarterback with over 150 throws to not to end a season without, without an interception since 91. But uh, still a good year for the Hilltoppers out there in Kentucky.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, awesome pick. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on. So we're kind of doing a 3-4 uh, a defense, right? So we're going to go ahead and pick four linebackers each year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Sorry to keep making you unmute <laughs> yourself on there. Uh, we'll go ahead and I'll kick things off with linebacker. Uh, I'm going to go ahead with my first pick and take uh, Darius Masso out of, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably am wrong though. Uh, out of Hawaii, nine tackles, one sack, three quarterback hurries. And if you know anything about me, you know that I love it when my linebackers can pick off the ball. Yeah. One interception. And that uh, New Mexico hole again versus
1: Houston. Yeah, I mean, Hawaii definitely had a dominant defensive performance there. Uh, so for my first linebacker, I'm going to go with – actually, I'm going to take a risk here. Hopefully he's still on the board. But I'm going to go with uh, Ryan Smenda from Wake Forest. The guy who had 16 tackles and three TFLs for Wake Forest. And again, in that losing effort. But you can't ignore 16 tackles with three TFLs. I mean, the guy was all over the field um, for Wake Forest, for the Demon Deacons.
0: Anything over 10 tackles, you are like flying everywhere because that that's an that's an insane performance. I'm going to also go ahead and go with a guy that had over 10 tackles or 10 tackles exactly from Texas A&M University, Buddy Johnson uh, in that 41-27 win in the Orange Bowl over North Carolina. Instant classic of a game, by the way. But uh, one sack and another one-and-a-half tackles for last on top of it.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree. In a game that probably wasn't known more for its defense, but for its you know back and forth offense, uh, that's a great pick. So for my pick, uh, I'm going to pick Jeremiah Pritchard, as, uh, as we mentioned earlier with Hawaii's dominant performance on defense. And when you think of Hawaii, you think about the offensive fireworks, but Pritchard had a solid game himself. He had nine tackles, two sacks, three TFLs, and one pass breakout. So absolutely great game by Pritchard.
0: Man, I was really hoping to have uh, back-to-back uh, to have our uh, two Hawaii uh, players over there. But unfortunately, I, I don't get it. I'll let you take the, the second one. Uh, I'll go ahead and go with Patty Fisher out of Northwestern. 12 tackles, one tackle for loss. Played a great game holding Auburn at 19 points in the Citrus Bowl.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's uh, – I had Fisher on my board. Um, there's some tough decisions with the linebackers, but that just sums up Northwestern's year on defense, absolutely solid defense. It seemed like every week they're like on, on ABC, you know, playing a 14 to six, you know, uh, hard fought game against a big 10 folk. But, uh, my next linebacker, I think I'm going to choose This one's tough for me because, uh, I think I'm going to go with Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. A guy who had three sacks at a outside linebacker in a come-from-behind victory in the Peach Bowl, and I mean, you look at the stats: uh, Desmond Ritter, 15 carries, negative 17 yards. He was really kept at bay by that Georgia defense and kind of like running a, you know, running out of the pocket under duress a lot, as uh, as seen by Ojolari's three sacks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, great pick. I have Quay Walker a little bit down the line, also from Georgia we'll see if I pick him. Uh, For now, I'm going to go ahead and go with a guy who had team highs in both categories and an excellent win that was frankly kind of miraculous. Anthony Butler out of Liberty uh, and that win versus Coastal Carolina uh, that really took that last second fumble to really seal it. Uh, Nine tackles, one tackle for loss, led the teams in both. So, you see that nine tackle number, know that that was a team high. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, maybe didn't get that dozen or 16 out of Wake Forest. But, yeah, you played an excellent game. And, uh, man, if there was ever a time to have a red zone channel that could go back and forth between college and the NFL, you needed it that night for that Coastal Carolina Liberty game. And then that excellent Vegas-Miami game that I was watching with the family. Uh, that was both of those fantastic games. Two TVs are handy.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, usually I wouldn't give props to the NFL. But, I mean, that was definitely a great NFL game. Uh, You know, NFL should be wary because Saturdays belong to college football, even during bowl season. But I'll let it slide since it was a good game. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so I think uh, for my last linebacker pick, there's so many really worthy linebackers. I think I'm going to pick here. I'm going to go with Nick Hampton for App State a guy who had only seven tackles, but made us win the backfield a lot with three tackles for loss out in Conway in the
0: Myrtle Beach Bowl. Okay, nice. I, I like that pick a lot. Um, I guess, is this our final linebacker right here this round? I think.
1: I have. A, I already have you uh, picking
0: four line. You already picked four linebackers. Already. Oh, I already picked four? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Sorry about that. <laughs> We'll go ahead and move on to safeties uh, for the defensive backfield. I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Corey Betley, or Bethley out of Hawaii. 14 tackles, insane for a safety. Uh, two sacks and an additional tackle for loss in that 2014 win against Houston.
1: Yeah, uh, you took my guy, man. I wanted, I wanted Bethley because Bethley was absolutely all over the place. Again, that, that swarming Hawaii defense, who would have thought we'd say that? Seriously. Uh, <laughs> for my pick, I'm gonna show some love for the national champs finally, and I'm gonna go with uh, Demarco Hellums, a guy who was all over the place in the in the Rose Bowl. I uh, you know I don't I don't want to call it that, but in the playoffs semifinal against Notre Dame, where he had 12 tackles and a sack for the Crimson Tide.
0: If you're watching this on YouTube, just know we're putting air quotes around uh, Rose Bowl, hold an AT and T Stadium down there in Jerry World. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Anthony Wilson out of Georgia Southern. One interception, six tackles, one tackle for loss out there. Uh, Played excellent for a safety. And, uh, yeah, anytime you can get a tackle for the loss as a safety. I love guys like Jamal Adams that not only can they pick off the ball. Yes, I know the whole meme about Jamal Adams not intercepting much. But, man, when you're a safety you can get back there in the backfield. That's awesome. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Anthony Wilson.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that's a great pick for sure. Uh, that uh, as hopefully I'll get to pick uh, another one of their D backs later on at corner. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think for my last uh, safety pick, I'm gonna go with the dark horse pick here, and I'm gonna go with Rashad Wisdom out of uh, UTSA in a, in a losing effort against uh, the the Raging Cajuns at Louisiana, but he had 13 tackles in that game, really all over the place, and, uh, you know, kept a, a defense that I mean an offense that was high-powered for the Raging Cajuns, uh, really at bay, even though the Roadrunners lost, but mark my words, UTSA is a team to watch in Conference USA from now on.
0: Yeah, absolutely, they are. Uh, yeah, well, well, I'm sure we'll be talking more UTSA football uh, later on this road. Omar, I'm sorry, I'm you know, if if we had more than two people, I would be making a trade to jump ahead of you to take this guy. I'm gonna go ahead and take Justin Birdsong, two interceptions, one tackle, uh, and that dominant 38-3 win in the uh, RNL carriers. I,
1: I knew I knew that he wouldn't be on the board. out of a feeling because how could you ignore the guy that had three picks right there? Um, so I mean, totally a great pick, Jackson. Was it was it three? two sorry that's three. Oh snap i was about to say that's even yeah, better I, mean, I didn't know <laughs> but uh, i think i'm gonna pick a guy who uh had a, a pick six on his own i mean i don't think um birdson had a pick six but i'm gonna pick
0: uh so i'm consult my notes i'm picking at corner one and phillips i think are the three with pick sixes. yeah
1: yeah i'm gonna go with uh trey norwood here on this one and i know you're gonna hate me for okay.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, (laughs) you know, just just a pick six to set the tone in the Cotton Bowl against uh, Kyle Trask, who only
0: had four picks, I think, the regular season and was picked off three times in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm going to go ahead and move on from talking about that. (laughs) Thanks for the memories, Omar. Uh, Man, is there – is there, you know what? Right back at you, I'm going to go with Antonio Phillips at a Ball State, you know, with that San Jose State one, just to rub it back at you. I was going to take Emmanuel Forbes, but now I'm taking Phillips uh, with that pick six, two tackles out there at a, at a Ball State in their first career, first career, first ever uh, Bowlin is broke.
1: Yeah, um, so in that case, I'm going to have to go with Emmanuel Forbes then, who I had in my big board out there. Uh, with the 90-yard pick six, for both, uh, you know, and uh, I think, uh, sorry, just forgot to put what team is. Yeah, Mississippi State. Yeah, Emmanuel Forbes. Brief brain fart there. But yeah, in, uh, in a really shocking upset, um, you know, Mississippi State came out there and played and beat the uh, American Runners Ups. And uh, there's there's nothing really else to it, especially on defense. Uh, they, they rattled Zach Smith and Forbes had a 90-yard pick six out in Fort Worth in a game that you know, it's more remembered for the horrible brawl that happened after, but can't you can't overlook what happened on the field with Forbes?
0: Yeah, you know, if I think if you ever have to go or ever see something like that brawl again, just tell whoever's doing it exactly what Mike Leach did, and just say don't do it again. So I'm sure that will keep them from ever fighting. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with Gordon Fraser for this final pick of our 2021 uh, College Bowl draft. Uh, out of another Hawaii defensive player, we're just loading up on these. Uh, eight tackles, one tackle for loss. Again, I love my Jamal Adams type players. One tackle for loss, one quarterback hurry and that uh, that win over there. The quote unquote New Mexico Bowl in Texas.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think it's a great pick for sure. Uh, is that is that a nickelback? or uh, I I thought we both picked our two corners um as I was writing
0: it down oh snap did I I don't know I'm just having fun I lost track oh yeah for uh, sure go ahead and take a nickel why not yeah
1: uh in that case yeah I guess for a, a nickel back uh I'm gonna take um Naze N- 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 Johnson if I'm pronouncing it right, I believe it's Naze Johnson for a Marshall 11 tackles and one pick and losing effort for the Marshall thundering herd uh the defense has been stout all year uh, for Marshall, it's been the offense that at times has, um, sputtered, but, uh, again, just ending the season on a strong note on defense for a Marshall-Dunner-Heard team that, uh, probably had, like, one of the best defenses in college football, if not the best.
0: Right, absolutely, uh, yeah, great picks, I'm thrilled with all these, I mean, who thought we would pick so much Hawaii on this show, um, for their defense, of all things, uh yeah I, I mean i'm i'm thrilled we, we should go ahead once we make up this graphic of who we picked we should go we'll post it on our insta stories and uh who do you think wins you know so we'll uh, we'll we'll see that and let the people decide so yeah.
1: and, then, and then really quick to, to round this out um I'll, I'll just name off uh some of our, our picks for the specialists uh it was really hard there weren't many great performances uh, in terms of specialists but i'm gonna go with kicker first how can you not pick uh Jack Podlesny out of Georgia for, uh, you know, the game-winning 54-yard. 54, is 54 or 53. It was really long.
0: Yeah, it was – I think it was a 53-yarder if I remember right. What is the name of that Cincinnati player that stayed on the field afterward? Um, man, I don't remember. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go with my, with my specialist. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Jacob Barnes. Uh, a freshman kicker out of Louisiana Tech, solely for the fact he prevented a shutout by Georgia Southern over a 5-5 five and five Louisiana Tech team. So I know that three points and that 38-3 loss made no contribution, but it prevents the shutout, which would be embarrassing for LA
1: Tech. Yeah, for sure. Other kickers are in the running, uh, for those of you that are curious. Uh, Matt Ruffalo with his three kicks against uh, North Carolina State, which constantly put the game at a two-score game for the Wildcats. And made and really prep put the pressure on NC State in the Gator Bowl. And also uh showing some love for Alex McNulty out there at Buffalo, who uh was the only Buffalo's the only team heading into bowl season to have not made a field goal this year until uh, McNulty who missed the oh. kick of the day. They only I, field I regular that. season. Yeah, they only missed two they only attempted two field goals because they're going up and down the field, scoring touchdowns. But Jarrett Patterson ball? Yeah, Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks. <laughs> but uh, he made he made his first field goal, and um, I mean it, it didn't really make too much of a difference. But uh, you know, good good for Alex McNulty there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's great.
1: And then for punter, I'm gonna go with Oscar Chapman in losing effort for Auburn, who had five he had five kicks for 287 yards with a 67 yard rocket, and three of his kicks were down inside the 20. And the 67-yard bomb that he kicked was a touchback. So really good performance in a, you know, bright spot in a losing effort for the Tigers.
0: I finally got the name of my guy, Jacob Finn, a punter out of Florida. He was a fifth-year senior, had two punts, 99 yards, including a 59-yard long. Um, uh, He was a guy, if if you know Jacob, uh, he had not really gotten on the field much at all. Uh, so in his, in his final game as a, as a as a Gator, uh, you know, go ahead and get that fifty nine yard long. If I remember, I right, went inside the five yard line or something like that. So he, I was glad that he got some play in time, even if it was in garbage garbage time.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, that's a great pick. Anytime, um, you know, usually it just seems like in in losing efforts, the punters get uh, emphasized uh, more. As- yeah, just a little. <laughs> yeah, even with a team like Florida that scores a lot of points, I mean. Uh, it's good. It was good to see Finn out there and, you know, with the, with the Rocket. Just uh, go, going out with a return specialist, I'm going to have to go with uh, Charlie Bostic for San Jose State, who scored, um, who I think he got, I think it was the first score for San Jose State. It was a 99-yard kick return touchdown in that Arizona Bowl in a 34-13 losing effort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and and go with kick returner. I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Charleston Rambo out of Oklahoma. Had four kick returns for 81 yards, including a a uh, 40-yard kick return that really uh, almost went the distance, if I remember right. That was also in the Cotton Bowl, and he nearly broke that for a touchdown. Uh, But yeah, uh, Rambo played a great game despite being on on
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that rounds out our specialists because I don't think any of us picked long snappers. That would, that would be too much film to watch.
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I, uh, man, who was that long snapper out of LSU got taken in the fifth round last year? I can't remember, but I remember reading on on uh, Jim Navy which we'll be doing our Senior Bowl preview and uh, Hula Bowl next week. Uh, but he was apparently on NFL radars as a long snapper his junior year. So, but that's about all I have to contribute uh, to anything long snapper related. So,
1: I mean, it's kind of weird. Like for me, I was wondering, it's like, how do they scout long snappers? Like, I feel like it's all the same. Like it
0: yeah.
1: gets to the and punter, How do you
0: get on an NFL radar as a junior long yeah, snapper? Yeah, like. Question. So, who
1: knows? Sure. Yeah. It's tough though. It's a tough position. I'll give them that. But I just, I just think it's like all the same, you know, if it gets to the punter, like, you know, who does not matter who you take? I mean, if it's, you know, a bunch of college guys getting the ball to the punter.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, if you've listened to us ramble about punters this long, we'll go ahead and why not talk about the uh the dumpster fire that is Tennessee right now. Uh in case you missed it, Tennessee got uh hit with level one and two recruiting violations because they were paying, get this, they are paying recruits money. You know, everyone, including Georgia, does it, so that's not a big deal. But in McDonald's bags, of all things. Uh, so putting me in the mood for some McDonald's. Yesterday was a great – as a Florida fan, it was a great day to hate Tennessee as uh, both that happened with the three and seven volunteers getting hit with major recruiting violations as well as beating them in, in basketball when they were ranked number six. Anyway, uh, yeah, any, any thoughts on what potential punishments might be from the NCAA? Um, it's kind
1: of hard what, to guess what the NCAA is going to do. Like, um, you know, as we saw in North Carolina with borderline, like, academic fraud out there, um, creating classes for the players and they weren't even punished at all. I mean, they got a bowl ban, but they didn't get face harsher. They had a self-imposed bull ban, I think. Um, it just seems like all the bull bans are self-imposed. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure if they get punished and if anything it might be a slap on the wrist, like, uh. What LSU did when they pulled their fast one when they said, Oh, we'll sit out of bowl season during, during the pandemic. It's so like when I- they
0: weren't going to make a bowl anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see if that children's hospital thing, anything comes in that with LSU too. Uh, but yeah, um, I think they may get a one year bowl ban. Not that that really, you know, again, probably won't make a bowl game next year anyway. Uh, and because who wants to take that job, you know, if you're gonna lose, I think they're also gonna lose scholarships. So um, we'll see, it, it's interesting. It's funny more than anything else, um, you know, but we'll see, my uh, my girlfriend suggested the death penalty for them. I don't think the NCAA is gonna gonna hand them that, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I don't think it's anything as bad as what was happening in, uh, at SMU, but to SMU's point, it seems like everyone was doing it out in the old Southwest Conference. It, it was known for its lawlessness.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely, man. Well, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up today. Next week, we've got an awesome preview, uh, the Senior Bowl and Hula Bowl. Uh, Omar's going to be taking that Hula Bowl with some of those more group of five prospects you probably haven't heard of. I'm going to be taking on the Senior Bowl just because I love the NFL draft, and that is a huge traffic with the Panthers and Dolphins uh, uh, coaching staffs being down there in Mobile, Alabama. So yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you guys for listening and uh, see you next time.
1: Yeah. Co- come for the hula ball and senior ball previews, but also stay for me rambling about it. my
0: fond memories of the hula ball as a kid. <laughs> Maybe we'll. I'll probably do some research on long snappers tonight just because <laughs> so we'll talk about that.
1: All right, until next time, peace, love, and soul, everyone.